What's going on, guys? This is Daniel Hooper, Difference Maker here at FNX. Hey, I am so excited to announce the relaunch of our podcast and also then introduce to you our first guest. This is George Bird. He is an IFBB pro bodybuilder. George is an absolute stud. You're going to love this topic. We're going to talk about things ranging from bodybuilding as a whole, but then diving into more of the minutia of what it's like to be a black gay male in bodybuilding, what it was like with his upbringing, and then also hitting on PEDs and anabolics in bodybuilding. It's a really interesting, introspective conversation. George is one of those guys who's very analytical, very thoughtful, but also absolutely a bit of a savage. Let's get started. George millions and millions of people are watching right now that's quite all right i hope they like what they see and what they hear oh i i don't doubt it man i don't doubt it so <laughs> so before anything i just want to introduce myself my name is daniel hooper i am an fnx difference maker um, that is a role a title that has been appointed to me by some of the cool people i get to work with here at fnx i'm very excited to have uh, just somebody I, I i found to be very fascinating from really from the onset um, George and I started working together and started having conversations just a few months ago. Um, but George Bird, um, aka Mufasa, um, our IFBB Pro bodybuilder. Um, this guy's the man. I'm I'm pumped to get to chat with you, to interview you, ask you a bunch of questions. George, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Daniel. How are you? It's it's a good day. I'm excited. Um, you know, this, this little podcast thing we got going on here, it is, uh, it's new. It um, new. It's different. Um, and we, we got our boy here, Chris, uh, on the producer's chair. Chris is going to be making sure that all my mistakes get glossed over. Um, <laughs> and we're, we're going to have, I, I asked him if he could put like a filter on here to make me look, you know, nearly as handsome as George, but he said that they don't make those anymore. That, that'll uh, all be in post. Yeah, yeah, that'll all be done in post-production. <laughs> Um, so, um, George, I, I, if you don't mind, I just kind of want to jump right in, man. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. What, what do you got for me? All right. So, so first question, how old are you, George? I am 53. I'll be 54 in December. When did you get your IFBB pro card? Uh, December, 2019, uh, muscle contest had their first inaugural masters pro competition here on the East coast to kind of model it against the, the East Coast Pittsburgh Masters, which just happened or is happening right now, as I should say. Nice. So it was their fourth one to where they're doing an all Masters type of competition. Love it. Love it. And how long have you been in bodybuilding? So I first started working out um, at the age of 17 in the summer of my between my freshman and sophomore year. Um, I started competing around when I was 25, when I um, was stationed here in San Diego at uh, Miramar, which was a Navy base at the time, but a Marine Corps base now. And one of the guys I worked out with was another Navy guy. And he said, you should all compete. We should just compete. You know, he'd never done it. And he, we kind of dared each other to do it. And so that's where the bug began. So, so started fitnessing at 17 and then moved into like about mid twenties is when you were, when you got bit. Yeah, you know, I've, always, I've come from an athletic family. I mean, I played sports since I was, you know, 10. I played baseball, basketball, um, softball, I bowled. And then when I got into college, I was doing gymnastics. Um, you had all, all the intramural sports that you play in college, to name a few. Um, and, you know, bodybuilding was one of those things that I never even thought about. I was never a big person to go to the gym. And um, 
I went to the Citadel and we had a boys camp counselor, a boys camp for a summer camp. Mm -hmm. And I was a counselor, one of my lead, and I was a lead counselor. One of my counselors was one of the guys in the football team, close friend of mine. He said, come to the gym with me, come to the gym with me. I'm like, no, 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 it's not my thing, not my thing. He literally drug me to the gym one day. <laughs> and I've been in the gym ever since that day. Oh, I love that. How do you feel like when it comes to these high school sports, how did they prepare you to really, you know, kind of dive in feet first into the sport of bodybuilding? Um, I think for me, growing up in a military family, the discipline was already there. But um, having been part of team sports, understanding what it means to be part of a group, but also understanding what your part is mm -hmm. and doing what you had to do to make yourself better, better to be part of that team. I think that individual discipline was something that just teared, that, that carried right over into working out. Um, you know, when I started in the gym and, and I started really kind of researching what it meant to work out and looking at folks who were in the, in the, in that time frame back in the eighties, you know, there was Bob Paris, Lee Labrada. That's when Arnold was still kind of big. Yep. Um, and I looked at who, if I'm going to get into this sport, or if I'm going to work out, what do I want my body to look like? Mm. I mean, I went in college at 185 pounds. Of I wanted nothing. to ask you that. Yep. I came out of college, 185 pounds of nothing, but it was more muscle than fat. <laughs> Okay. All right. I like because that. Because college, you were always PTing, you were always running, you were always doing push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, you name it, you did it all the time. Yeah. And so all of the just flesh on my body that was just skin and bones became muscle on top of the bones. Yep. But you still weighed 185, though. I still weighed 185. It took me forever to get to 200 pounds, trust me. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. because how tall are you? You're, you're like a pretty tall guy, aren't you? I'm six foot even. Six foot even, yeah. So you're not you're not yeah. like a you know a squatty little fella, um, so no. you know, it, it, and you got more of a lean frame to begin with. So it doesn't surprise me that it. I got these long monkey arms, man. Yeah. Look, yeah, monkey arms. Monkey <laughs> arms are monkey. Legs. It takes a lot to get them from a little skinny bone thing to some muscle. Yeah. No, I I can I can imagine. I I'm the exact opposite. I my wife jokes with me that I'm built like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, I just have these little stubby little arms. It's like, I can bench press a lot of weight. You know, I, I can, I, I can, uh, my, when I, when I do actually work on, you know, things like my triceps, my biceps, my delts, uh, everything along those lines, it noticeably is different within like a day. Um, which she doesn't mind that, but you know, it does, it, it does hurt when it's trying to reach something in the top shelf and I have to ask my wife for help. Um, so I, I respect your, I respect your long arms. What's that? Then she's making fun of you, right? Every time, every time. <laughs> of course, of course, I call her go-go gadget sometimes, and that does not go over well. Go-go like, gadget, will you come help me? Um, so, so you you kind of touched on it briefly. I, I am curious, just to, you know, kind of the so. Fifty years old, we get the pro card. Twenty-five is when the bug bit. What? Yeah. Like, but I know, I know, you know, we've talked about it just briefly before the call here. You had a, a hiatus. You took a little bit of time off. What, what happened there? What, to, what, you know, kind of what led it? What were the circumstances that led to you taking time off and, and what happened? So my military career at the time, I was pretty young. I was just starting out um, as a young officer here. And I had, I had more time to train and compete and, you know, devote all the time that there was to compete. Um, you know, with the dieting, the prepping and, and meals and, you know, having no social life, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started competing and I, 
and there was a time that I competed for a full straight year when I left San Diego and went back to Norfolk and, and was, was stationed there. I competed for a full year and I, I'd won, um, you know, my class. I'd never won a one or won an overall. Um, some of the guys who are out there who are the older, older crew back in my day might remember Yanni Schomburg. Um, I actually won the overall in his show and qualified for nationals. And bodybuilding was always just a hobby to me. It was not nothing. It was not anything to for me to earn my money. I had a career. I had a military career, so it wasn't yeah. paying my bills. Yeah. And that's that's never. I've never looked at it that way, and I still don't look at it that way. Mm. Okay. I look at it as a hobby still. Yeah. That keeps me in shape and, and all those things. So um, when I qualified for national, it was like, okay, I've done all I wanted to do, and I was about to come off active duty then, and I moved back out to San Diego and starting a whole new career um, as a civilian. Um, and then going into the reserves, I was like, you know, I need to focus on this. I always yeah. kept working out in shape, but I really put all my energy into building my civilian career and getting that off the ground. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I took a hiatus. And that was when I was probably 33, 34, okay. around that time frame. It was, it was February, February 2001 when I moved out to San Diego, actually December of 99, but 2000. December of 99 and then 2000, I started my job. And so I just focused on that. And then I had my reserve career starting later that year. And, and those two things were my priorities. Got it. So what brought you back? Um, you know, when Muscle Contest announced that they were going to do an inaugural Masters show and giveaway pro cards, I'm like, hmm, this might be a good reason to come out of retirement, self-imposed yeah. retirement. So yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I looked at the details of, you know, what do I need to do? And they said, well, you have to do at least one show to qualify for this show. So this was... August of 2019. Okay. And I'm like, okay, what's left before that show that I could actually do? I mean, I was just training and always lean year round because I was doing photo shoots and that kind of stuff. So like, okay, I'm in decent shape, but let's go see what I look like on stage compared to people who are competing now mm-hmm. being a 50 something. And so I did uh, one show the first of November. Um, I think I took second or third of my class um, in classic and second, third in bodybuilding, I don't remember. But for me, I, I didn't care about winning those shows. It was just to kind of see where I was compared to people who were competing. Yep. And let the judge see me since it's, you know, nobody's seen me in 15 years. Yeah. And get some feedback on what I need to improve on, which I already knew. I wasn't necessarily perfectly conditioned to my standard of being conditioned. And that's exactly what they told me. So the next week I did another show. Interesting. So this was November 7th. Okay. This was Veterans Day weekend. Another muscle contest show. Um, I was a little bit harder, but I wasn't where I needed to be, where I thought I needed to be. And, you know, I didn't win my class, which was okay. Uh-huh. I wasn't concerned about that. Again, another stepping stone to the big show. So now I had a whole month to improve. Mm. Whole month to get leaner, to diet a little bit more, get a little bit harder. And by the time December 14th came around, actually it was December 7th, I think it was came around for that show, I was ready. And I just wanted to win my class to have a chance at the overall. So I won my class, I got that chance. And, you know, when they announced my name on that stage, they said it was a one point difference between me and the guy. But I was just, I was a little bit more conditioned than he was. And that's always been my thing when I compete. I may not be the biggest guy, but I'm going to out condition you if I'm booking the win. Oh yeah, come on with that. Come on with that. Oh, we're going we gonna to hit on that conditioning. Okay. I'm writing that one down. We're going we gonna to touch on that one in here. Because <laughs> you're, you're, 
you're, you're speaking the, the FNX love language. <laughs> the, uh, well, that was my thing. Of, of Chris is going to chime in really quick. I just wanted to know, um, so you said that it, it was, um, this show was to compete with the one on the East Coast. So were there only two Masters, um, like, division shows, or are these just the big ones? No, there, there are many shows that have a Masters division. But there has only been one show that is an all-masters show, and that's okay. the Pittsburgh show that's going on right now. Gotcha. And that's always been on the East Coast, and Muscle Contest was replicating that on the West Coast. So this is this one this year will be their third year, or fourth, third or fourth year doing that show, their third year. Excellent. And so that's what they were trying to replicate. And gotcha. if you look at the Pittsburgh show, they have a lot of classes starting from age maybe 40 to 70. Holy cow. And wow. the muscle contest show, I'm competing against 35-year-olds. And so, oh. I, you know, and when I, <laughs> and when I saw the master visions, I'm like, you know, this is really, a 35-year-old is not a master's. That's not what master's is about. Yeah. You guys are trying to make a Pittsburgh show. Yeah. You know, and they said, our inaugural show. We may have more classes next year, you know. And, and they did add more classes for the 2020 show. And I think they're going to add even more classes for the 2021 show. Love that. Nice. Awesome. Love that. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. That actually it makes me wonder, kind of just as one of the little things I had wrote down here is regarding like competitors. So, you know, you're up on stage, right? How yeah. are how are like fellow competitors like during a competition? Like, are y'all like chopping it up? Do you talk? Like, what's that? What's that even? What's that vibe like? It's actually a little bit of that and a little bit of people who are off on their own. I mean, okay. I'm one of those people. Um, I will talk to people, people I've seen before online. I'll go and say, hello, hey man, you know, I follow you online, you're great, that kind of stuff. But then I'll take the time to just be by myself and work on my routine and start going through it in my head, put my headphones on just to mm -hmm. kind of get myself in that, in that game mode of like, okay, it's on. Yeah. And then you have guys backstage who don't talk to anybody. Mm. So it varies. It just depends on the person. And, you know, when you get to the pro level, what I've noticed, at the pro level, the guys are always talking to each other and, and, and BSing around backstage, even though they're practicing posing and, you know, they're, they're, you know, going up against each other. And if you saw the, you know, there's a picture out from the Mr. Olympia last year backstage with Chris Bum and a, another guy all right next to him. They're, they're look, look, look at your, look at your quad, look at my quad. You know, they're doing that. Stuff. That kind of stuff happens. And, and it's nice to see that there's that kind of camaraderie. And I've seen a lot more of that this year. Now these are post-COVID shows. We're not, mm. well, not post-COVID shows. They're not as strict as it had been during last year's shows. So it's nice to see that start to come back where guys are interacting a lot more. Yeah, because I, 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 I feel like it, it, it makes me think of it similar to how CrossFit is because within CrossFit, you know, you got guys who are just out there and it's like, listen, I'm, I'm here to take home the chip, right? I'm here to win and they're, they're not social. But then other people, it's like, listen, ultimately I'm really competing against myself and this is the reward for the work. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, so it's like, I can, I can, at the end of the day, like not, not be a jerk. Um, now that doesn't mean that I'm all happy go lucky, but it's like, no, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, my work's been done. Now's the time for the show. Yeah. Um, and you see that it, it's neat. Cause we, we were just joking the other day, Adrian, and I were joking cause, uh, Adrian's, uh, going to, to compete in the master's division. Adrian's 35 years old and he's competing in a master's division. Um, and Say that again. He's a young one. Yep. 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 Um, <laughs> I, I was giving him a hard time too. Cause I'm like, look, you're, you're, you're an old man 
and and these people are telling you you're an old man and you're only 35 years old buddy like you ain't even old <laughs> you know not even close no wait till it's 40 everything starts to hurt oh yeah i can't even imagine i can i listen now now i say that and then it's like i'm 34 and my body my body feels like i'm like it's brittle i'm like i just i'm not built for it. i got like my elbow hurts from curling why does my elbow hurt yeah. from curling george that doesn't make any sense like you use your arm all the time. Yeah, no, it stinks. I don't like it. <laughs> um, so, okay, going back to this kind of the, the, the aspect and, and the commitment. What, why bodybuilding? Like, why? What, what is it? What sparks um, you? What, what kicks it there? I mean, for me, I've always been fascinated by physicality of the male and female body and what the possibilities of are that we can do with this thing that we were given. You can mold it if you do the right things to it and do certain things to it. It can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And that malleable capability of the, the, the human form is something that just fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And so for me personally, you know, I'm one of those people that I'm, I love me. I will mm-hmm. always love me. Because if I can't love me, I can't love anybody else. Amen to that. And so I know how I want to want my body to look. Whether you like it or not is irrelevant to me. I know how I want it to look. Love that. And that is, you know, what I've always thought about when it comes to bodybuilding. I've looked at folks who have, you know, a great chest or great legs or great arms. And I'm like, okay, so why do you not have the whole package? And from the very beginning of my bodybuilding and working out, you know, lifestyle, Bob Paris was the one person that had the complete package. Everything seemed to be like it fit together. There was complete symmetry to me and his body compared to everybody else. Yeah. Because most of the other guys, you look at Arnold. Arnold has a fantastic physique. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But what do you notice first on Arnold? Either his chest or his arms. Yep. And then you see his legs. Yep. Or you look at some of the other guys who are big in the industry, you notice that they have a great back or they have you know, a great, great legs or something like that. But when I looked at Bob Paris, I saw beautiful lines and symmetry that looked like there was no body part that overpowered the rest of him. And that's that when I saw that, I was like, that's what I want my body to look like. And that's what I've always strived for. Don't get me wrong, I don't have that, but my goal <laughs> is always look like everything is symmetrically fitting together always that's a, that's cool you're very analytical um and your perception of these things i love that um what what do you feel like is you know from a physical strength standpoint and, and we'll, we'll touch first just uh, i'm curious on appearance so physical strength you know kind of appearance wise um and then weakness what are what, where do you feel like are your strong points and weak points my strong part, part uh, excuse me, my strong points have always been my arms and my lower chest. Okay. I have no upper chest, which sucks, and I can't stand it, and it just annoys the shadow me all the time. <laughs> okay. Um, I've always been a skinny kid. I grew up a skinny kid, so my legs were always something that I knew was lacking. Were lacking. Yep. Yep. And so I've tried to do better and build my legs up. But, you know, having arthritic knee since I was 25, I'm always mm-hmm. very careful about how heavy I train with my legs. And so that 
kind of helped me back a little bit. My quads were always great, but I have I have black boy disease. I've got high calves. You got those half they're calves. There. Yep. yep. They're hard to grow. Yep. Got it. You know, there's some things you just can't you can't fix. It's just genetically that's what you got. And so I deal with that. Yeah. Um, when I when I got my pro card and I looked at myself and you know I looked at my weaknesses. What what are the things I really need to bring up? And that was hams, quads, and back, and particularly my lower back. So my coach now, um, Sergio Oliva Jr., as many people probably know who he is, that's what we focused on for the past six months. And I needed to be bigger. You know, he said when we first started, I need you to give me at least two months of just eating dirty. I don't want you to go to the Panda Express and pass by the Burger King. I want you to go to the Burger King oh, and leave okay. the Panda Express alone. That two months turned into six months. <laughs> wow. So I put, on, I put on 30 pounds. I went from 200, 195, 200 to 230. And I'm leaning back down now a little bit um, for some photo shoots and I'm going to Spain. So it's kind of the summer body lean down thing. And it took me a while to get used to that much weight on my body because I'm, oh, I'm used sure. to being photo shoot ready within a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Year round, I'm used to that. So it, it took me a long time to get used to carrying that much weight around and and not doing cardio because I do cardio all the time. I did cardio all the time, and I played tennis. And he said tennis is the only cardio you can do. You can't do anything else. Huh. Uh, Sergio, you're killing me. So it, it took me a while to get used to that, and you know, the cardio started to come back in about a month ago. And you know, my I can see, I can feel my cardiovascular system coming back when it was. It had slowed down a good bit for the past six months. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt it, that. It's a nice feeling to have it come back, and I'm not breathing hard after every set or breathing hard after I walk up a flight of stairs. Well, I mean, yeah, you're carrying all that extra weight. Yeah. yeah so I'm, I mean, I'm down to I'm down to 220 now, and uh, I'm comfortable with that weight. But I've got about 10 more pounds to lose in about 10 days. And what's in Spain? Uh, just going for vacation. Oh, Never good. been to Barcelona. I've been to Spain before, but not to Barcelona, Spain. So this is just a, a vacation. I love that. Uh, so we actually got a we got a question. That it's kind of random, but I, I figure we're going to do these um, as we get questions from. Uh, um, you know, we got them up on Facebook right now. We we have a question from somebody who is asking. It just said, "Hey, I might have missed it, but he's curious about your opinion of a plant based diet and your profession, but also just as a, a general lifestyle." Um, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do. So if you're one of those folks who has issues with different various types of meats, I think the plant-based diet is good for you um, just to help clean your system, just to get out, help you get out of any toxins. And I, I'm one of those people that has some issues with certain things. So, for example, what led me to FNX was I was looking for another vegan type of protein, a plant-based protein, because mm-hmm. whey proteins and other proteins just screw with my stomach so bad. And, you know, when I got that first call from FNX and saying, hey, you know, we're interested in you being an ambassador for us. I said, well, what's your protein like? And he said, we have this protein, this protein. I said, well, I can't do any of those. Do you have like a plant based protein? Oh, yeah, we have a vegan protein. It's chocolate. It's great. I'm like, OK, let me try it. And it's so clean. It's it mixes so well with water and other stuff. I was instantly sold. And so if, you know, if that's what you need to do for yourself, um, whether you have an aversion to meat or you want to be a vegetarian, you're trying to make that switch, I would just make sure you understand some of the 
pros and cons of going to that type of diet. If you're trying to build muscle, it's going to be much harder for you to build muscle on a plant-based only diet. And you should be okay with that. If you're not okay with that, just know you're going to have to eat a lot more food than the normal person that's eating meat. It's true. It's true. I love that. Uh, thanks, Todd, for asking the question, man. Uh, that's good stuff, which actually is an easy segue too. So, so for you, um, what does like presently, what does your diet look like? So it just changed as of two days ago. Okay. <laughs> um, let me, let me pull it up for you. Cause I don't have it memorized yet. I have to look at it every day. Oh, I love this. Um, I love it. You're, you're such a nerd, man. Like I know, I know you're just such an analytical person. It, it, like it just, it makes my heart happy to hear it from you. Well, my, my coach texted it to me and you know, Dustin and I are both on the same diet and it's a leaning diet. So for breakfast, I have uh, a cup of oats, cream of rice or grits. I'm a Southern boy, so I eat grits. Eight eggs, six eggs. So it's at six egg whites and two whole eggs. So a total of eight. Uh, meal two, I have eight ounces of chicken breast, a cup of cooked rice, eight ounces of veggie. Meal three, eight ounces of white fish. That's usually a cod. One large sweet potato and then a small salad with a uh, Newman's balsamic salad vinaigrette dressing mm. light. Uh, meal four, eight to 10 ounces of chicken breast, one cup of cooked rice, eight ounces of green veggies. Meal five, eight to 10 ounces of fish again, a cup of brown rice or a large sweet potato, eight ounces of asparagus. Meal six, protein shake with water. So that's FNX protein with water, obviously. Uh, meal seven, six eggs and two whole eggs, six egg whites, two whole egg whites, two whole eggs, and then eight ounces of veggies or a salad. So that's pretty much seven meals a day. It's hard for me to get that much food in. Um, so what Sergio's allowed me to do, he said, you know, if you can't get all the food in, then just cut some of out every meal, but I want you to get every meal in. Mm. So sometimes I have to back that off because I just, it's just so much food for me. I've never been one of those people, people persons that eat a ton of food all day long. Cause sometimes if, and I'm up at six o'clock in the morning for the first meal. And if, if, I'm going to get all these meals and I've got to, I'm done by eight or eight 30 or I'm eating at 10 or 10 30. And I hate that. I don't like eating that late because it just sits in your stomach overnight. Yeah. So for me, I get to back off the amounts of each meal a little bit just so I can get every meal in. So on my days, on the days where I'm training legs and, and chest for me, which is my two big body parts that we work on, then I get to take, you know, instead of having rice and veggies, I get to have just veggies and take the rice out. Yeah. Remember, this is my, this is my leaning diet. So um, oh, I'm sorry, on the, on the days I'm, I'm doing those two body parts, I, I eat everything. Yeah. On the other days, I'm not doing those body parts. I cut some things out. Which so makes I'm not sense. Taking this yeah. That and then I'm doing sense. 30 to 45 minutes of cardio four or five days a week. Okay. All so right. he's... he's Eating me down very quickly. And this is our first foray into a leaning cycle. So he can see what's underneath what we built. Because oh, soon as cool. we come back from speaking, like we're going to be right back on it again. I love that. And, and do you have, so, and it's just because it's like my limited knowledge with these types of things, right? So I, I use the RP diet app. Um, I, I really mm -hmm. like the, the RP diet. Um, and in it, you know, it's pretty specific on what times you're supposed to eat. So when you're collecting these seven meals in a day, is is your coach then also giving you like, okay, your first meal's at six a, second meal, blah blah blah, blah. Like, is it is that the way it's working, or is he just like, I don't care how you do it, just get it in your body? Yeah, I don't care how you do it, just get it in your body. And That's so cool. I get up at five thirty in the morning, 
I get dressed, I get downstairs, I you know cook my grits and my eggs. I'm eating that in my car on the way to work. Okay, okay. And so after- by eight thirty, my body's screaming for more food. Yeah. I mean, so by every makes two sense. and a half hours, I'm starving, and so my body will let me know, hey, eat. So on leg days and on chest days, I get at least four meals in before I go to the gym, and then I have two or three more after the gym. Do you do you have anything during like while you're at the gym? Do you do any kind of pre workouts, any kind of shakes, um, anything like that during your workouts? Not necessarily post, but as a pre. Um, I, I I use the FNX pre workout. Um, oh, I love okay. the apple flavor. I hope you guys are going to have more of that because I really love it. <laughs> um, I do. I use the the Recharge Plus as well. Okay, um, and then that's before I work out, and then during my workout, I usually have I have a big sixty four ounce Hydro Flask, and I put two to three scoops of uh, 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 reburst in it. So I'm oh, looking nice. forward to getting my neighbors a reburst to try. Yeah, they're good, man. All right. I, I have right here. This is, uh, this is his fruit punch mixed with Arctic blast. Um, <laughs> because I'm a child and I like to mix things. Um, and I double scoop everything. Everything I do is always double scooped, you know, not, not pre-workout cause my heart would stop, but, um, all the rest of our products. So I love that. Do you have a favorite cheat meal? Do you even have cheat oh, meals? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, although we don't get to have them right now. Yep. Uh, you know, being from Chicago, Dustin introduced me to um, Giordano's Pizza. Ooh, and okay. so that Chicago deep dish yep. meat-filled pizza is like our cheat meal. And then my other vice is chocolate chip cookies. Warm, fresh. Let's go. Oven. Yes. With, that... with ice cream. Oh, okay. Are my, those are my the chocolate chip cookies and the ice cream is my vice more so than the pizza. Yeah. Uh, I'm, if, if somebody leaves chocolate chip cookies out, that like I apologize ahead of time. Like it's just <laughs> – it's my jam. So I, I, I don't like for them to get cold. I like for them to be right out of the oven, still chewy, gooey, and soft. Put some vanilla or you know, butter pecan ice cream on top of it. Oh, yeah. I'm good. Oh, yeah. You're speaking my language. I love <laughs> that. I love that. Okay. So, so diet. Now, how about training? Um, what does your training site? Like, so it sounds like you're working out once a day. Once a day. Um, I may do my cardio after my workout or I may go at lunch and do cardio for you know, while I'm at work. Okay. Take my lunch break and do cardio and just eat at my desk. Um, it's once a day training in one body part with the exception uh, of, of arms. It's, you know, of course, biceps and triceps together. Mm-hmm. But um, the things I'm training twice a week, um, I'm training chest twice a week. Okay. And or legs, we mix it up. Um, we split it up rather. On on Wednesdays, it's all more quads. Mm-hmm. So squats, a leg press, leg extensions, you name it, that type of stuff. And then on uh, Fridays, it's le- it's all hamstrings, and I oh, do mean all. You know yeah. that Friday the day when we first started working with Sergio, Friday was the day it was like, oh, okay, so you know you do a half hour hamstrings, then you go pose. That that's what we used to do. Okay. Then Friday became all hamstrings, and Fridays were just as tough as regular leg day. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the gym just drenched and sweating like a pig and so exhausted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and it's, it's such a silly thing. But so we've been doing you – know, historically, over the last few years, I've been doing CrossFit-style training. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was really kind of more like an in-and-out kind of level of consistency. And then obviously coming to work with FNX, you know, things change a little bit when it comes to like, hey, you're on the clock, but go get fit. Like go have fun. 
Um, and, and, and getting a train and work out with big brother obviously changes things as well. I, you know, I want to work out with my big brother. Um, and then we, we launched this true program and we have aesthetics, which is our, our bodybuilding program. Mm -hmm. And Adrian is a sick genius. I, I love him to death, but he's, he's, he's like you in a lot of ways where he's very analytical. I joke that he sees fitness like Neo sees the matrix. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, it's something where it's like, but now training in this way and kind of with the, the splits, right? So in CrossFit, there's there's rarely is there really a, a more of a typical split. And I grew up, like I grew up where my mom and my stepfather both were like worked out in bodybuilding gyms. My mom like talked about competing as, as a kind of a young woman before I came around. Um, so it's something where it's like I, I got a little bit in my blood of like just enjoying and appreciating that style of training. I say that to say that the first time that I had on our programming to go back and do hamstring curls for the first time, laying down on my, my belly, hamstring curls for the first time in like 15 years. <laughs> oh my goodness. My legs hurt so bad. <laughs> and like I said, Adrian afterwards, I was like, buddy, this is not okay. Like, what did I do wrong? And he's like, you did them. You didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you did them, man. Like, welcome to torture. That's what these are. And it's like the next day, the day after, and the day after. Like, I wasn't over it. I was stretching. I was doing so many things for my hamstrings to just try to work it out. And it's just like, no, man. Right? So I, I appreciate your your, uh, your 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 time spent on the hammies because I know it's it does. It, it takes something out of you, too. Like, it almost like for me, it almost like made me like nauseous. Yeah, it, it does, you know, and it was one of those things when Sergio said, what do you think your weak points? I said, I need to bring up my upper chest, my lower back, and my hamstrings. I'm not happy with any of those things. Mm. And he said, you know what? Those are the things that I see that we need to work on too, and those are the things we're going to focus on. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Um, that's good stuff, man. That uh, makes me so happy. Um, and I'm just kind of going through my questions. We're killing it, man. You're killing it. Um. So, so you mentioned Dustin. Um, does yep. Dustin also? So Dustin is your husband. Yep. Does Dustin also compete? You know, he didn't before he met me, and then he oh. saw me, he saw me competing and going through the process. The year I got my pro card, he says, "I want to do this." And so our coach at the time, um, who was another pro before he started working with Sergio, said, "Okay," and he did his first show last year, I think. Okay. It was a, yeah, his first show last year. Um, he did novice, he did classic, and he did open bodybuilding. And in his classic class, there were 30, 13 guys, I think. And he took third out of 13 guys in his first show. Wow. He took, I think he took second in his class in novice out of about eight guys. And then I think he took fourth or fifth in open bodybuilding. Never have done a show in his life, nothing. Didn't know how to pose. Yeah. Nothing. And wow. so he, you know, he was disappointed. I'm like, do you know how many people you beat in your very first show? You have no reason to be disappointed. <laughs> there, were, there were 10 other guys who've competed before that you beat. Wow. So he's kind of got a little bit of natural. So is he still going to do it? Is he, is he still pursuing? What's, what's the aim for him? Oh, you know, he's, he's always been about working out. You know, he okay. was, a, he was a very heavy kid when he was little and growing up. And so about, nine, 10 years ago, he decided he wanted to change his life and he did. And so, you know, the, the, the bit of him you saw before we started, that was the result. 
I mean, he used to be leaner. We're both bigger now since we started working with Sergio. Um, but it's about being lean and having a certain aesthetic that you are happy with. Yeah. I mean, he's just critical of his body as I am. I may say he looked good, looks good. And this, he's like, no, um, that's, this is not good enough. So he's, he's learned how to be just as critical about everything. Um, with respect to his physique, now that he knows more about competing and what judges look for and just learning from Sergio about making that mind muscle connection. Cause he worked out just to work out to look good. Yeah. But now he has a whole nother flavor and a whole nother reason for working out and a lot more knowledge as to when he does this with this weight, how do I focus on that specific part of this body? And here's where it connects. Yep. And here's, Here's how I make that part of that muscle work by changing my hands or taking my grip or starting the pull from my lower lat as opposed to play with my upper lat. You know, those are the things that he is learning that he's gotten more critical of himself about and understanding where he needs to work. And I, you know, watching him grow in the sport and learn more about himself has been exciting for me because it's something that we can do together because we yeah, train together. You can share it. Yeah. And, you know, watching him compete was 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 very um, exciting for me and seeing, you know, the look on his face and, you know, looking at the pain he was going through with prep and whatnot. I said, now, you know, what it feels like. <laughs> you know what it feels like. So you have to be careful and decide if you want to compete, understand what you're getting yourself into. Where you're going to be tired, you're going to always be hungry. You don't want to be around anybody. You're going to mm. snap me just because, and I get it because I know how I am. I yep. would be the same way. So it, I won't take it personally because I know what you're going through. Well, and do you feel like that kind of brought an understanding to him as well? Because I'm sure, I mean, most people, most athletes, right, when if they have a, a partner, a husband, a wife, whoever it may be, if they have never done anything like that before at an elite level, um, I feel like it's a little difficult for them to understand. Do you feel like that kind of helped a little bit? Yeah, I think it did because, you know, he had never been with a competitor or, you know, done and gone to bodybuilding shows and, and been around anyone who, on a, on a continuous basis, who was getting ready for a show to see that process. So he got to see it up close just from observing. And then he realized what was what it was really about. <laughs> so I, I think there was an extra appreciation on his part for all of us who compete and, and live this lifestyle of competing on a regular basis, whether you're amateur trying to become a pro or you're pro trying to get to the Olympia or you're at that level already to try to win the Mr. Olympia. You understand the process and you appreciate what people go through and put themselves through to get to that next level. That's pretty awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's so good. It's it's cool that you guys get to share that together. And so, I, I because this is like kind of something that I I guess uh, I don't I never really thought of. But like, what's the and you're not really I guess entrenched. I want to say in the sense of you know where it's not your full time job, but like, how is the reception or the reaction towards being a gay man in bodybuilding? Like, is that more common? Is that pretty much just like everywhere else in America? Like, what's that like? I mean, I think it depends on what part of America you live in. I mean, I've not hmm. seen any guys in the sport because, you know, you're all athletes going through the same thing. And you yep. understand what that person, no matter what their sexual preference is, is going through. Yep. Um, 
there, there are a lot of guys that I know who are gay and they're competitors, um, but you would never know it unless you know them personally or you ask them. Yep. I mean, I got my pro card and I'd been at my gym for the past four, five, six, seven years off and on more, more, more so when Dustin moved here, cause that's the gym he liked. Mm-hmm. So for the past four years, I've been going to that gym all the time and I got my pro card and then they, and they realized that I was with him. He's like, and one guy, <laughs> comes to me, dude, you're gay. I'm like, yeah. And so is that a problem? <laughs> yeah. No, I just never knew. I'm like, yeah, because it's not, it doesn't define who I am. Yeah. I mean, it's a part of me, but it's not all of me. Yeah. 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 yeah you're George. Yeah, I, I know who I am. I'm comfortable in my skin. Yeah. I'm very much a man first and foremost. I just happen to like other men. Yeah. You know, so if that's the problem for you. That's your problem. Yeah. Not my problem. Yeah, you can preach that, man. I don't, I, don't, I, don't wear, I don't wear my sexuality on my sleeve. So most people have no idea when they see me that I'm a gay man because that's just not who I am. I'm, I'm very much a man. Yeah. Well, I think it goes to what we'd said before the show, right? Where, you know, when I saw Dustin and I was like, yeah, I like was looking through your IG and I saw it was like, I just thought it was your boy. And then like when I actually paid attention, I was like, oh, oh, that's awesome. Okay. And then it was like, and then it had me on my end. It sent me down a rabbit hole where I was like, I wonder, like, I don't even know what that, you know, in that type of community, if that is something that's, you know, I want to say frowned upon. Like, you know, we, we had that uh, just with Carl Nassib. Right, the NFL football player plays for the Raiders, who just announced yep. it, and and the way he did it, I, I give him so much credit. Where he's like, I shouldn't have to do this, but I do. Yeah, and you know, it's like he did it in a manner where I felt like was so forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the way you're talking about it, that's the way I think of it too. Is you're you're like, I mean, hey man, it's funny you bring that up because I posted that on my page and I said, kudos to him for having the courage to come out in a very homophobic organization yeah they may say they're not homophobic but they really are yeah, yeah we know and there are, are many more like him in the nfl and, yep. and, and if you think there aren't then you're just fooling yourself 100 and the responses i got from that post from a lot of people of color were so very negative is this another oh. white guy coming blah 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 i'm like okay wait stop it's hard enough as it is yeah to be in the nfl and be gay it's even harder to come out in that organization as an established person and then see how they treat you. Yeah. I mean, this season's going to be a very much a telltale sign for him. Yeah. Yeah. You're known for your capabilities on the field. Now they know something about you. The question is, will that define you in their eyes other than your performance on the field? 90, maybe 95% of those people. Yes. Same same thing with the fans. and that's what I was trying to express when I put that up. I'm like, kudos for him to having the courage and the strength to come out in that organization. Yeah. And I said, the question now is, how will everybody else treat him now that they know that he is gay? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't want to speculate on things like that, but I think that no, the, the fortune is he's a vet um, and he's well known as being a good dude. Yes. And, and so those two things do come in handy. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I mean, you, you labeled it as such. I'm not afraid to say it. It's a homophobic, you know, organization. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, it's a, yeah. Um, and, and like you said, there's, there's far more than, than who would want to admit. Um, but that's any, that's any organization, right? Yeah. Uh, that's every walk of life. You, you, like, you got people where you're like, well, that, just come on out. 
Just come on out. Like, yeah. you can be real about it. You know, and I, and I'm the kind of person, I know how hard it was for me mm -hmm. to just accept myself first. Yeah. When I, you know, you know, having, you know, having a 32 year old daughter and, and being with women most of my life, I know how hard it was for me to just accept what I was feeling. Mm. And then for me to tell someone else was even harder. Yeah. I mean, I, I told my dad three years ago. And your dad's a military my, guy, right? Yes. After my 50th birthday, he was the last person to know in my family. My entire family, my immediate entire family knew, has oh, known wow. for 15 years. It took me that long to get up the courage just to tell my dad. And I'm a grown-ass man. Yeah. Oh, man. So it, it's, it's hard. So I don't begrudge people. Yeah. However you come out. Yep. However you do it. The fact that you had the courage to do it, you get my support. Yeah. I'm not going to bring how you do it. Yeah. Because it's hard enough for everybody and everybody comes out in their own way. Yeah. So, and I, and I mean, I don't know, maybe you could tell me if I'm overstepping here when I ask this question, but like when you, when you told any of your family, when you, when you formally came out, was anyone, mm -hmm. were, were there anyone who was just like, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, or did it come as a surprise? Cause like, I, like for you, like, again, I, I go back to it. It's like, I had no idea. Now I also don't care. It, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like, I wonder if he is like, going there, I guess, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's, he's just a dude. I don't know. Um, but it's like, then it like, but there are a lot of times when I, when I interact with somebody who, who is gay, like, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. That like, what? Oh, that's surprised, you know, to no one. And so I'm curious, like, you know, like, I don't know, with other family members, like, was that a conversation where they were like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea? Or was it more like I had my like I, I had a thought as much? The only person who thought as much was my mom. Mm. She said, I knew, but I wasn't going to say anything. I kind of had an idea, but I was just going to let you tell me when you're ready. My sisters, none of them knew. My brother, he didn't know. He had a lot. He had a ton of questions, obviously. Of course. And I said. You know, it's it's no different from you having a relationship with your wife. I have the same relationship problems that I have with my other half. Yeah. You know, at, at the, I said we're just two human beings trying to coexist. Yeah. With each, we have the same relationship problems that everybody else has. Yep. It just have to be two people of the same sex. My sisters, you know, I just read a book um, called Jocks. Mm. It was written by a guy, and it was all about athletes who were, you know doing their thing in their sport, but they were very much afraid of how they would be received mm. because they weren't the stereotypical gay person that society thinks of a person being gay. Yeah. You know, they weren't out they weren't out there trying to, you know, having very feminine tendencies or anything mm. like that, which is the stereotypical way society thinks of gay men. Yeah. And and so I gave my sisters that book and I said, read this book because I am this kind of gay man. I'm oh, very cool. much. I'm a jock. I'm very much a man. You won't see me ever acting like a woman. That's just not who I am. Yeah. I don't have any problem against those who you know. Like well, no, that's yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's. A, hold on, can I cut you off really quick and just say I think it's a shame that you almost had to qualify that too. Um, <laughs> like where it's like you have to say like, hey, I don't have a problem with it. It's like, dude, why? Like we have this, and it's it's ingrained in our culture, and and you know. Uh, probably not in my kid's lifetime, but at some point in our culture, it, I think it will change. Hopefully, I think it has yeah. to. But it's like we, we have this like need to qualify things that so often yeah. anymore. It, like, say it one more time. 
I just did that. And it's sad that I had to do that or I yeah. felt I had to do. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know? and, but it does, it, it is something where it's like, I think when you look at the reality of where we're at, what we're dealing with, where our, our culture is, like we're in this cultural pivot point and, and people keep thinking like, oh, well, when the pivot point changes, everything will be okay. And it's like, no, no, that's not how things work. That's no. not how life works. Like this is not a pivot point. This is a, a period and it's going to be a long period of evolution for us. Um, and, and so I appreciate, like, I, I, I joke, I'm like, listen, man, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hillbilly by nature. Um, you know, I come from, from really from a small town with one stoplight, um, where it's like, I don't know a lot of things and I like, I'm not afraid to ask, um, you know what I mean? I'm not afraid to ask questions and, and say like, Hey, so how does this work or what's this like, you know, and even just something as simple as just your, your openness and your humility. I, I genuinely appreciate those. Um, I'm person, like I've always said, you will never hear me go around touting the fact that I'm gay because it's just not who I am. I'm a very private person. Mm -hmm. That is my personal business. But if you ask me, I will tell you. Yeah. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break and just tell you about a special we have going on right now at FNX. We're offering three, that's right, three flavors of our new Reburst product. We have Fruit Punch. And then our brand new flavors, Lemon Lime and brand new flavor, Arctic Blast. These flavors are awesome. They are great for your intra workout and to get out of that summer heat. We're right now doing all three tubs for $99. All you have to do is use the code REBURST at checkout. Go to fnxfit.com, pick the bundle and use REBURST at checkout and get your three flavors of REBURST. And with that, let's get back to the show. Okay, so... And now, obviously, and we're going to kind of transition here. I'm, I'm going to ask, continue with relationships a little bit, but you are mm -hmm. somebody who has a, has a full-time job, right? You right. work for, and, and you still work for the government? Yeah, I'm a government employee. I work for the Navy. Love in it. San Diego. So you have this government job. Um, mm -hmm. You train, how many hours a day do, would you say you're training? So I'm in the gym by three o'clock. I'm usually done by about 4.30. If I end up having nice. cardio, we're done about... 5.30. Okay. So I'll be there two and a half hours easily if I have to do cardio. If I don't do cardio, then you know, it's, it's an hour and a half to two hours depending on what body part we're doing. So for all those tuning in, you can look just like George Bird if you train for only 90 minutes a day. <laughs> one hour and a half. I'm not one of those people that, like that. You know, I never have been one of those people that would go to the gym and just buy a day. I mean, yeah. you're wasting your time. Preach that. Unless you're, waiting, unless you're waiting on equipment to do your workout, if you're there for more than two hours without doing cardio, you got a problem. I listen, man. I I can't go to like the the Vasas and like the Gold's Gym. Like I can't go in there because it's just like I I feel like it's like people are just there chilling. Like it's just social hour. And I'm like, oh man, like don't you got like a, a dog to go home to or like kids? Like I know you. What are you doing here? Like go I've have dinner. I never understood that whole aspect of the gym being your social hour because yeah. the gym has a you're supposed to go there to work out and not go there and socialize with your friends and be there for three hours talking to them half the time and doing a set every five minutes. That's not how that. that works. Come on with that. In the, during the pandemic, when my gym was the only gym that was open and everybody started coming to our gym. So, of course, you know, it got really packed. Yep. Waiting for things. My coach at the time, we were doing, we were waiting on a, on a, on a you know, just a standing V squat. Mm. And there was this guy training with his girlfriend 
he's actually doing the exercise on his with his phone in his hand doing set doing reps i mean you're you're doing a a, a, Come on, a, a vertical leg vertical but a standing leg press kind of thing and he's on his phone doing his reps and his girlfriend standing next to him waiting on his phone my coach took a picture and posted it oh like, yeah that's oh, insane how, they, how the, the young ones work out these days so they're probably in their 20 something i'm like you're not working out just go away yeah you ain't in there to grind you're in there to take pictures no. of grinding you're wasting time yeah yeah you're getting in my way i'm here to do something um so so with that type of level of commitment though because you know you are committed clearly how does that affect other relationships you said you got a 32 year old daughter does your daughter live you know she, in, with her husband in south carolina and my and i'm a granddad now so oh yeah okay yeah. so that's the little that i see those pictures with yeah that's the little one my little lioness oh, i love it so much granddad and her first steps continuous steps like yesterday i think it was oh man that's such a fun day <laughs> That's, that's such a fun time, too. Yeah, because I think my daughter would kill me if I posted it before she did. <laughs> I get that. So like, I'm waiting for her to post it, and then I'll just kind of copy her post. Yep, yep. No no harm there. No harm there. So how does that level of commitment affect your relationships then? Because, I mean, you know, you're you're. it sounds like you're a bit of a traveler. You kind of move and shake. And, and how do you feel like that, that has helped or harmed relationships you have? Um, I think it hasn't harmed at all. With you. Good. Um, I think it's actually enhanced a lot of my relationships because most of the people that I know and I associate with are people that I've met at the gym mm-hmm. who also train hard and work out and keep fit. Um, <clears throat> so I don't think it's actually hurt at all because that's a, a an instant common thing we have. Yeah. You know, for folks that when I meet somebody, it's usually in the gym. Yep. They'll see me training you know, or they'll say, hey, what are you doing for this? You know, they'll come up to me. I, I don't talk to anybody. I don't care. I, mean, I don't necessarily go up and have a lot of conversations with people that I initiate, but if people come and talk to me, I'll take my headphones off and I'll, you know, answer questions or whatever the case may be. But I think, you know, being in the gym and, and, and having a full-time job, it limits my social life. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I'm still able to make really good quality friends. And most of those friends are doing things that I'm doing that I'm interested in or they're oh, yeah. in the gym. Yeah. And when we can hang out outside of the gym, we do. Cause you know, they're, they're in the same program. Basically they got full-time job. Yep. And, you know, they're in there working their asses off in the gym and then they're going home at night and doing the dieting and trying to maintain a physique that's at some level. And so we're all on the same page with mm-hmm. having a life that we have a career that we have to maintain. And sometimes that gets in the way from our training. But when we do travel, what's the first thing we do? We look for the gym and then the hotel. Everything is around the gym. Yep. Everything. Always. I, I don't care where the hotel is as long as I know where the gym is and then I'm going to stay close to the gym what restaurants are around the gym, that kind of stuff. That's yep. how I book my travel. I look for the gym first. It's so funny. It's so funny how that transition, like, yeah, I, I can completely relate to that. It's like if we know we're going somewhere that doesn't have a gym, like anywhere near present, I, you know, my wife and I are like, all right, how much equipment can we take with us? Exactly. <laughs> what can we take? To do? What, is, there a, is there a gym in the hotel? Or yeah. do I need to take stuff with me to do some of the basics every day? Yep. So with that um, not having much of a negative effect on like relationships that you've that you've seen, um, what what would you say is a big unexpected obstacle that you've had with being an athlete, being 
elite like you are? Is there something either within the sport or outside of it that you would say like, this is something that I did not expect, but it is like, it affects things? I haven't really encountered that yet. And I think the reason I haven't encountered a lot of that yet is because people only know I'm a pro if they know me in this area or they see my IG. But I haven't really competed yet. And I think once I start competing, I might feel some of that negative effect or that kind of stuff. Yep. But I haven't really put myself on the pro stage yet because, you know, one of the things I wanted to compete this year, but then around March, April time frame, I told Sergio, I'm like, you know what? We've been doing this for three months. And I said, I think I need a year under you before I compete again because mm. I can see the results that I'm getting under you. And I want to capitalize on that as much as I possibly can before I get back on stage. So, he said, I was going to tell you that, but I'm, I wasn't sure how to broach that with you. <laughs> and I, he said, I'm glad you said it to me first, because I agree with that strategy. I think, so we need, I think we're going to need to have a conversation with Sergio at some point, because I love this guy. <laughs> oh, oh he, would, he would love to have a conversation with you, so trust me, he would. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think for me, once I get on stage that first time and, and really put myself out there next year, I think that's when I may start seeing some of that negative blowback or positive blowback or whatever the case may be, whatever happens. But I don't think I've done it yet. I don't think I've seen it yet because I haven't put myself as a pro out there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's good. Stuff. And even on my social media, you don't see much of me posting about my posing or workouts mm -hmm. or all that stuff. Because to me, that's not what my social media is about. It's not a career to me in the sense that I got to make money from it. Yeah. Right. No, I respect that. I respect that. And, and okay, so kind of keeping in, in form too with just the, the the you called it your hobby, but really your your professional, um, I want to say that your 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 go to um, what you do. Um, what advice do you have for young you know aspiring bodybuilders, people who want to break into the field, or even honestly? I, so I want to say young aspiring, but then I also want to kind of caveat to it and say, what about some of those old heads who are trying to get into it as well? Yeah, or 37-year-old me. <laughs> <laughs> um, understand what you're getting yourself into. Mm. Be able to take criticism for one, because it's a very subjective sport. People around you may tell you you look great when you really don't. Mm. And the judges will tell you whether you look good or not compared to everybody else in that stage. I would say number two is only compete against yourself. You cannot control what other people look like. You cannot control what they do to bring themselves in condition and be ready to compete. You can only control what you can build on your own body. So don't try to compare yourself to other people before you even get on stage. Then you've already psyched yourself out without them having to do anything to do it for you. And then the third thing I would do, I would say is leave your ego at the gym door. Do not come into the gym trying to lift as much weight as you can so that everybody can see you lifting all this weight, blah, 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 blah. If you can do that, that's great. Fine. But don't do it to try and impress anybody. Yeah. That's, not what, that's not what training and bodybuilding is really about. It's not about trying to impress anybody about how much, how heavy you can lift. If you can do that and that's building muscle and you're doing it with great form, Okay, but if you're lifting that much weight and your form is shitty as hell, you're not building anything. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, then it becomes kind of almost like a who cares, right? Like it's just like congratulations. You don't get a trophy for a Tuesday afternoon workout. Um, no, you don't. You know, at least, not so, so far, at least I haven't gotten one, and that's bull crap because I would like one. 
You know, when, when, Virgil, when Sergio first started talking to, they actually, Dustin approached him first because he wanted to train Dustin because Dustin's never competed before at the time, right? Only competed once and new to the sport. And he thought he could do a lot. And he was really reluctant to bring me on board because I'd been in the sport for so long that he didn't think he could teach me anything. I'm like, dude, I'm not one of those people. Yeah. He said, I want to have a coach that I don't have to think about what to do. They just tell me what to do and I do it. Yeah. I want to grow. I know that I need to be better. And you're one of the elites in this sport. And I will take in everything you can teach me from form to everything that you have to give. I will soak it up like a sponge. I love that so much. So don't think of me as a glass full. Think of me as a glass half empty that you still have stuff to fill and put into and fill. Yeah. And he was very surprised at that response for one. And then as we've trained together, He's learned more about me and my whole philosophy of not trying to ego train, train smarter, not harder, mm -hmm. that type of stuff. He said, you're a rare breed. He said, yeah. most people don't think like you do when it comes to training. And they let their ego get in the way. And they all, they're all about comparing themselves to other people. Or it's all about getting in the gym and seeing yourself in the mirror and see how beautiful you look or how great you look. And not knowing yourself to know where you're weak and working on those body parts as opposed to listening to people around you are telling you, oh, you look great, you look great, and you look like shit. Yep. Yeah, you gotta find people who are gonna shoot you straight, right? Uh, you gotta have- yeah, I, mean, you I, got, I got no ego to bruise. Yeah. I have no ego to bruise. I love that. And I, as blunt as I am with you, I want you to be just as blunt and critical and direct with me. Yeah. I appreciate that honesty. Yeah. Well, I, I always think like, you know, that's the mark of a healthy relationship. Um, is when you're not, you don't feel the risk of ruining the relationship by, by honesty. Um, yeah. You know, and, and with a coach, when you have that in a coach and it's, you know, especially somebody that's like, it doesn't sound like this is, uh, you know, Sergio, Sergio ain't like a new guy, right? Like he's been around the block no. um, and you don't got time. You don't have time for people that you got to beat around the bush with or, you know, people who it's like, you got to be careful with. It's like, listen, I, I need to be able to give you exactly what you need to hear. And yeah. we need to not have a, a debate over it. Um, it's more along the lines of, eh, if you disagree, that's okay, but you need to come correct if you're going to disagree. Um, right. You know, that's it, it's it's something where you know CrossFit, CrossFit, uh, you know, from I'm, I'm a CrossFit OG in a lot of ways, and they have LEAD, leave ego at the door. Um, that's something that it's you know it's it used to be up at the, my old gym that was like over the door when you'd walk in every day because yeah. it was like, hey, listen, if you can't snatch 200 pounds don't put it on the bar yep don't don't do 150 for reps either knucklehead let's start yep. simple you know and like i even the other day i was in the gym uh, i was just working out with my son i have a 16 year old son and we were we were just we were kind of finishing a workout and we were doing like a little arm pump right doing this aesthetics program we're doing an arm pump and he's loving it like he's he's a scrawny fella and he's starting to get like some some arms on him and he just loves it um we're doing the same weight on curls <laughs> and he's like you are stronger than me what are you doing and i'm like not here man like i can't like i don't i don't have that kind of juice and he's like yeah but like you're you t come on go up and wait like, I don't like you doing the same weight as me. Go up and wait. Go up and wait. And <laughs> and I'm like, I ain't got nothing to prove, man. Like, I'm just here working. Let me get mine and you get yours. And and it is it is something where it's like, I love that advice, though. I, I love the, the, the mindset of just, like, a lot of what you're talking about. I mean, so much of what you had here with these three points was, 
you know, you had understand yourself, compete against yourself and leave ego at the door. It all starts one person, right? Yep. Um, and I think that encapsulates so much of even what we've talked about here, because you are a very self-aware person. And I try to, I I look back at what the Oracle told Neo in the matrix. Yeah. Come on. Know myself. Yeah. And I'm one of those people that over the years I've gotten to know a lot about myself. And, And a lot of that goes back to, you know, understanding who I was, accepting myself for my sexuality and doing a lot of soul searching mm-hmm. on that level. Yep. Um, on the competition level with bodybuilding is really looking at my body with a very critical eye and not be opposed to learning something new and thinking I knew it all because I, I don't. Yeah. And I think that helped me more than anything else to be able to look at myself critically and honestly and have that discussion with myself or someone else and know my strengths and know my weaknesses. Yeah. And know where I need to make put in the work to bring the rest of me up to the level it should be. The unexamined life is not worth living. And yeah. and you know, there there's once you can accept that and believe it, it, it does change things. So I want to ask you about uh, anabolics and PEDs in in your sport. Um, what are what are your thoughts on it? Is there room for that? Is that something where you think it's completely acceptable? Do you think like, hey, let's burn them at the stake? Like, where where are you at with something like that? I don't have any problem with it. To be honest with you, I mean, it was I was natural for the first 10, 15 years of my career before I took the hiatus. I'd never taken any kind of anabolic steroid at all. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved here back to San Diego and I started working out with a friend of mine, it was even probably five or six years after I moved back here before I even did anything. And at that time, it was just, I was older then. And so it was just testosterone being an older guy, you know, you don't produce as much. Uh, and that was probably probably when I, my late thirties, early forties, when I took my first round of tests and I was always lean. Um, and so this was just kind of see what the effect was. Um, and I also took equipoise, which is kind of a, a cutter, basically, to mm. keep me. So those are two things I took for probably about 10, 12 years, to be honest with you. I'd, mm. never, I'd never taken anything else. And then when I got to the point where I was doing, um, getting ready for this show, where I got my pro card, that first qualifier show, was the first time I'd taken anything other than tests and like equipoise. I started taking trend. Okay. I replaced equipoise with trend. And I had never done anything other than those three things. And then when I started training with Sergio to get a little bit bigger, it was the first time I'd ever done DECA just to, just to kind of see what it like, what it felt like on me. And, and, and I said, you know, Sergio, I need to know what you know about these things. Yeah. I'm going to do my own research, but I want, I, I, I said, I've, I've watched you and listened to you with your knowledge on, this and this and this and this and this. I'm going to pick your brain about all of it. I want to know the pros and cons of taking this before I take it. I understand why you're recommending it, but I want to know more detail before I put it in my body. Yeah. I don't have a problem. Everybody has their own their own preference of whether or not they want to take an anabolic steroid or whatever the case may be. And I think it's a, it's it's an individual choice. Oh yeah. And I will I will not begrudge anybody for whatever choice they make because it's their own body. Who am I to tell you not to do something? Who am I to tell you to do something? If you ask me about it, I'll give you my thoughts on it and then mm-hmm. you make your own decision. I'm 
because people ask me all the time, what should I take? What should I do? What should I do? I'm like, I don't know what you should take. <laughs> yeah, I don't know your body. I got mine. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, what do you, what, what do you, what, do you, what, what results are you looking for? I mean, yeah. what are you trying to do? I said, what's your goal? And then I'll say, well, here's, here's what I've done for myself when I've had that goal. Or yep. here's what I know somebody else has done when they've had that goal. Yep. I, I tell them, go do your research. Go talk to other people. Don't just listen to me. Yeah. I said, go do your research. Go online. Get as much knowledge as you can. Then you make the decision of what you want to do for yourself. Mm. Some people are against it. Some people are for it. You know, I'm one of those people. You do what you want to do for you. And don't let anybody tell you that you should do something or not do something. Make yep. up your own deadline. Yep. Think for yourself. Don't be a sheep. So, so one of the things I think that's that's a great answer. Um, one of the things that I, I I was wondering about with you is obviously we've talked a lot about you know bodybuilding, about form, about the your your joy of the human body and what it can do, right? Um, is there something else that you geek out on? I mean, is there anything <laughs> else that like yes. like just grabs you that you you just love to geek out on? Tennis. Sci-fi. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Now you, you you spoke you spoke Chris's language yeah. here. Chris Chris is a, I mean he's a fantasy guy, but I think Chris also loves himself some sci-fi. So what what when you say sci-fi, are you like a Star Trek nerd? Are you a Star Wars nerd? Where, Star Wars, where do you go? Star Trek. I love them both. Star Wars is my favorite movie of all time. It was my very first movie when I turned ten. Nineteen seventy-seven. It came out on my birthday, love and that was my birthday. Excellent. Oh, that's fantastic. I, know. I, I, can, I can watch every Star Wars and start reciting lines for you before they actually are set. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Except for Phantom Menace, because I hate that one. <laughs> Everybody does. Phantom Menace was stupid. <laughs> Star Trek, thing. You know, every Star Trek series has ever come out. I love them all, with the exception of Enterprise. I thought it was just boring and stupid. Mm. But, you know, Next Generation is my favorite of all time. Any episode with the Borg, I'm glued to the TV. I can watch it over and over and not be bored. Right. Voyager, love it. You know, Discovery, the new one that's out, Picard. I'm just in love with all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I I love asking that type of question to people because, like, you know, a lot of times you don't know. A lot of times you only know what you see. You know, I was a, you know, I, I coached CrossFit for a long time. I was a gymnastics coach for a long time. And all of those people that I saw every single day, um, they didn't know how much of a huge Tolkien nerd I was until one ah. day I was talking to somebody about it and then like a bunch of other people were like, oh, I had no idea, you know? And then it was this big thing. So I love I love finding that thing yeah. that, like, you're just not gonna know about that person unless you talk about it. I'm not a big Tolkiener, but I read that first book, The Hobbit, when I was in fifth grade. And oh, I, I awesome. read it like, yeah. I read it like 10 times the movie, like the cartoon version that came out way yeah. back when, you know, people don't even know about that. Yeah. yeah. No, that was my that was my first uh, that was my first hit of Tolkien is watching uh, at my grandparents' house watching uh, the cartoon The Hobbit on Laserdisc. <laughs> yep. Wow, love it. Yeah, it was great. Did because this is sci-fi. I think you'd call this sci-fi. Dune is sci-fi, right? Dune sci-fi. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, another did one. You, did you see the trailer? They just released a trailer. It just released it. Yes. Yo, man. Okay, so so and we're we're gonna spend a few moments on this because while while like. Star Trek and Star Wars, like, I appreciate the, the cultural zeitgeist impact, mm -hmm. right? But they're not things that I've ever invested in. Um, I think it was like I never actually found Luke Skywalker to be that interesting. Um, he is yeah, he is like, 
like and you know and it's like this young kid who's just no like, like i don't want to be great that's always what i felt and then like obviously the the uh, what do they call it the new episodes the old episodes were just bad yeah. Yeah. anakin yeah yeah he was a bad yeah. he sucked. but but i i've always wanted to read dune but everything i ever see about it is it sounds like it's like a slog it sounds like it's slow and then i watched that trailer today and dude that looks intense. It yeah. looks so good. Yeah. The original Dune movie is another, probably my second favorite movie that I can watch over and over again. Another one where I can recite a lot of the lines for you before they're even said. I know what's coming up. And I've been so waiting good. for the remake of that movie for 20 freaking years. <laughs> it was supposed to come out two years ago. Yeah. Then it got, it got rolled for COVID. So I'm yep. hoping that this year or next year, it actually comes out, and you know I've been waiting for Dino De Laurentiis and his family to make remake that movie for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's going to be fantastic. I remember growing up watching that, and then the other one that I, my my dad used to play it all the time, and I loved it was um, Stargate. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, I went to I went so to see Stargate in a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, who was in it? There was some. Was it Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. And did it, he died like early? Right, and I, like I was like mad, like I was like, hold on, I came to see with this movie to watch Kurt Russell kick butt. Well, well, and a very young James Spader. And is that who that was? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had no idea that was James Spader. That's hilarious. Hey, Dustin and I are all about the three stars: Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've watched every Stargate spinoff series. Oh yeah. I watched every Star Trek spinoff oh, series, man. every Star Wars series, even all the all the cartoon versions of them. That's awesome. I love it. So How many people did we lose because of this? Uh, we're, we're down to negative 14 <laughs> viewers now. Um, all right, man, listen, I want to, I want to ask you, I, I think this is how we're going to, we're going to kind of go with these questions to be, um, how we're going to kind of close these things up. And, and so the question I want to ask you is what do you want to be remembered for? You know, it's funny. I think about that sometimes. And it's a question that my boss and I kind of discussed. And he said something that resonated with me. I'm like, you know what? That really is kind of what resonates with me. And he said, I, I don't want to be known as just mediocre. Hmm. I don't want to be remembered as just being a mediocre person. I want to be remembered as having done something that impacted not necessarily society as a whole or the country as a whole, but impacted people's lives so that they remember me for that and being the person that I am that helped them with whatever the case may be. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people I've got to, as a Sagittarius, I will love me. Trust me. I always love me, but I give that love to everybody else until you give me reason not to. So I have a big heart. And I'm a romantic at heart. So I always want the best of people with relationships. I'm, I'm there for you if you need me. If you're going through something, you need an ear, you know, I'm more than happy to just let you talk and listen and get off your chest or I'll give you advice or whatever. I want to be remembered for something of that nature to where I've given something to somebody that helped turn their life around, whether it be a small turn, a big turn, whatever. I don't want to be remembered for just being a mediocre person. And if you look at, you know, I look at it myself and I think if other people look at me and look at what I've done across my life, they would think I've not been a mediocre person. But I want to, I, I will ask them then, 
you know, what do you think my impact has been on mm. people associated with? Has it been positive? Has it been negative? You know, and those that's that's what makes me think about what I want to be remembered for is not being mediocre and have helped people in some fashion or some way. That's, that's good stuff, man. I went, I went deep on it because you got quiet real quick. <laughs> I just, it, it's funny, but it's like, I, I, you know, I personally, I think a lot about legacy. Um, and, and so I knew asking that question for you, it's like, you know, you're such an introspective, uh, such a, a thinker. Um, I think it's so funny, man, just kind of putting all of this in full kind of a, to bring it all together. It's, it's such a neat thing because you have this analytical intensity about you where you have, you know, you, you do have that, you know, nerdness to you where you are a thinker and you are a thinker and you are a thinker and you are a thinker. And then also you have this fearlessness about you where you're like, and I'm going to wreck this. And, and I'm coming in like the Kool-Aid man, you know, like just ready to knock over whatever obstacle gets put in front of my way, but I will not manufacture obstacles. And I think that's something that it's like with, you know, that, that type of mindset. And so I, I think a lot of what you're hitting on when you talk about not wanting to be mediocre and not wanting to be remembered as something like that is it's like, I, people don't remember mediocre people. No. Like, they, you know what I mean? Like they just don't. And it's like, so when you talk about what to be remembered for, it's like really what you're saying is it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to be remembered for any one thing, but I, I want the pursuit to, I want to be known as the pursuit. I want to be known that like, Hey, at, at the end of the day, like I never allowed you know, one of the things we talk a lot about in house is paralysis of analysis. And yeah. it happens a lot of times with people who are like you that are very introspective and you don't have paralysis of analysis. You don't have that. That's not who you are. Um, so I love that. I, I, I got nothing but respect for it, man. I love it. I, I think this was, you were in every single way, the perfect first guess for this show. Well, I was honored to be asked. And when that, that email came through, I was like, Oh hell yeah. I'll be more than happy to do a podcast. And for 90 minutes too, I'm like, okay, this, that'll be interesting. Cause I don't know if I talk that much, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. I think we're like right on the mark too. I think we're like, yeah, yeah I mean, we we're keep going. I, listen, yeah. I mean, I, I listen, these types of things, like I, I tell you what, if you were boring, I'd be like, dude, we should have ended this about 20 minutes ago. Um, but instead it's something where it's like, you gave tons of stuff to work with tons of stuff that I, I just, I, I don't know, man, I really do appreciate it. Um, why don't, why don't we, as we, we kind of close out here, why don't we tell, why don't you tell people where they can find you um, and, and give you a little shout out. Um, you can find my Instagram at Mufasa, M-U-F-A-S-A, like the Lion King Mufasa, underscored IFBB pro. Uh, my page is there. Um, I live in San Diego. I'd be more than happy to do. My page is private because previously people were stealing my pictures and people were, I got imposters. So I had to kind of shut my page down, but, you know, make a page request, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll approve you. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out to me and ask me questions. I'm open. I'm like an open book. You know, if I think you've crossed the line and, and asked something pretty personal and I don't know who you are, I will tell you that. So don't be afraid of that response. But if you're talking about bodybuilding or just kind of, you know, want some advice on something, I'm more than happy to help you as much as I possibly can. Um, I don't know everything. So, you know, don't think and expect that I know everything, but I'm more than happy to give you what advice I know of and point you in a direction to help you get more information on things. I love it, man. 
Love it. Chris, awesome. you got anything? No, I think that that was great. I agree with you, man. This was this was fantastic talking with you. I'm glad we got to uh, nerd out a little bit on some some sci-fi. It's great, <laughs> um, and it's been awesome. It's really cool stuff, man. It's cool. It's exciting. Um, I, I think it's been great, and I really, like I said, Daniel, I'm I'm very honored to have been your first guest for a podcast, and I, I look forward to hearing more about what the other elites are doing, and you know when they get the chance to be on the podcast and. Maybe we'll all get together and interview you guys. Hey, man. I'm, I'm in for it. Um, and you're not coming to the Elite Training Camp in August. Uh, yeah, we're going to be in August. So Any, any chance we can do November? That's very possible, yes. When is it? Um, I can't announce the, the details publicly, but I'll give it to you afterwards. I'll give you a okay. little bit of a heads up. Um, I'll, I'll give yeah. you a hint. It's not Thanksgiving. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll be doing it early November. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd before love to have you there. Cold, yeah. Before it gets too cold, but here in Utah, it's still just going to be cold and miserable, but we'll be in the gym. We'll be getting, you know, getting our workouts in and we're going to do some cool stuff as well. So, um, but I'd love to have you in here, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. I'm back at you, man. It's been a pleasure. And again, uh, from that first phone call, I think we hit it off and I really appreciate your support of me and, and, and everything. And I love what you guys are doing. Otherwise I wouldn't be one of the elite ambassadors. Yep. You're a perfect fit. All right, brother. Hey, man. We'll see you sooner than later, all right? Awesome. All right. See you guys. See you, Hope see you. you guys enjoyed it. Yep. Oh, yeah.